It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Okay, I want to know how you guys view an entry-level job. I mean, is it just a way to make a little cash? Is it a placeholder, a job that fit into your busy college schedule? Maybe the only gig you could get during tough economic times? How about the first step to the very top of an entire industry? My guest today took a job at the front desk of a little gym during college. Did he know then that he would then work to help grow that little gym into one of the largest fitness center chains in the nation and become the CEO? Oh, yeah. Chris Rondo started as the guy who checked guests in at the very first Planet Fitness and has climbed his way up through the ranks, finally landing the job as CEO. Let's find out how he did it, because this is so me, right? This is exactly what I want to do for this podcast. Chris, welcome to Everyone Talks to Liz. Thank you, Liz. Thanks for having me on. Now now I'm blushing a little bit. (laughs) You should be raising your fist. I mean, this is such a perfect story because when you walked in all those years ago, 1993, right? And you said, "Uh, can I have the job at the front desk or as a gopher? Tell me about that day. Yeah, so I was uh, I was a member of the club first. It opened in 92 when I was of my freshman year at college. And, uh, you know, I started working out when I was 16 and it never ended. And then uh, you know what a what a what a fun job, right? I get to work out, you know, and work right, right. Where I work out, I mean, it couldn't be any better. So, <laughs> um, so I, you know, I decided to apply, and I got the job. And um, and uh, and I, at that time, I was working for my dad. Actually, he owned a, a small chain of pharmacies here in, in the in New England area. And uh, so I, you know, I naturally had to tell him I was I was leaving the family business to go work at a gym. You know how that went, <laughs> right? Uh, and and I was hired for six dollars and forty cents an hour, and it was forty cents because I was getting paid six bucks for working my dad. So that's 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 how they got me to come over and start working at the gym. Oh, so they said we'll up it by forty cents. Yeah, right. Who knows what turned to this? <laughs> exactly. That's the point of this. So yeah. you you get the job, and what was that first job? Yeah, it was just checking people in at the front desk. It was, uh, you know, we didn't have even have barcodes back then. It was actually a physical member number, you know, and you'd, you'd actually have a, a card. You'd write the person's member number, numerical number, and they'd rattle it off at the front desk, and you punch them in manually back in the day, and you greet them every day coming in. And, and back then, it was our model was a little bit different, than it, you know, very different than it is today. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we evolved it over the 90s. But we, you know, I was making protein shakes and uh you know, cleaning the locker rooms and checking people in. And that was how I started off. You just did everything. Yeah. Yeah. And then eventually became a trainer. Um, got my certification as a personal trainer, did that for a bit. And then eventually worked my way up to be a manager. Um, we built our second store in Rochester, New Hampshire. First one was in Dover, New Hampshire. Very small towns here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then started managing the front, managing the gym in, in Rochester at that point. And then that kind of began the, I guess, the <laughs> beginning of the smaller upper level um, your progression I took over the years. Well, when you when you jumped from the first position to the next position, did you have to convince them? Did you have to convince the owners? Give me this shot. Just give it to me. 
Yeah, I was. Um, yeah, I think growing up, working with my dad, and, and and I've always liked. I've always loved to work. Except when I was fourteen, and um, and I like to work hard, and and I was thought about things very operationally, I guess. And um, and the two original founders um, who were brothers, um, I, I think saw that, and um, I was really kind of the operations guy. Um, and then the other two were one was more the finance, you know, CFO type, and the other one was more the marketing visionary, and. Um, so throughout the 90s, early 90s, and throughout the 90s, we, you know, started changing the model, you know, started doing $10, started to come up with judgment-free in the purple and yellow we all see today. Yeah. Um, and, and it really started to, really started to work. And, and a lot of it, Liz, is, again, small towns, Dover, New Hampshire is the town of about 28,000 people. Um, Rochester is about 25,000 people, small towns. Um, and the third store was Concord, New Hampshire, which is the state capital, but still, again, very small, 28,000, 30,000 people in town. Um, we really started to see the low cost begin to work and in 98, we really developed, and that was when we first launched the slogan judgment free zone and the purple and yellow and really came out with the, you know, the no critics and, and, and really making the atmosphere non-intimidating. And that's when we knew we were really onto something. Um, so, you know, me along with the two brothers really kind of developed the model, figure out the low, the low price point, um, 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 business along with the judgment-free piece. And it's interesting because a lot of people think it works oh because it's 10 bucks a month. Honestly, that's not really the case. It's really the judgment-free in the atmosphere that's most important because you think about to make money at 10 bucks a month, you've got to have a lot of volume and you've got to learn how to get a lot of people off the couch. Right. And in these small towns, you had no option, right? There's just, they're just too small. There's not enough people in town that are avid exercisers and you think about the industry you know it started with joe gold and arnold schwarzenegger mm -hmm, started going mm -hmm. to the gym. so the industry was always up until then the industry was always led by people who love to work out and think everybody else loves to work out which you know <laughs> trust me that's not the case I, I know today now that i'm almost 50 it's it's a chore every day but you know you have to do it um and and we really figured that out and, and understood that and that's really made us different it made us you know venture into this you know unorthodox business model that you know the industry really thought we were crazy and right. we were pretty bad names because they didn't like what we did because we kind of you know everybody else is trying to raise price if we're going the other direction it really made them look bad right highly unusual highly yeah. unusual i want to take you back to the second store it's one thing to have one store one storefront and then you said well wait a minute let's let's try and open a second one and then you go to the third one. Tell me the difficulties you and the brothers ran into as you started to grow, because oh. that is the big moment. It's not so much the 50th store you open. It's yeah. the second and third, because that's yeah. when you find out what you're made of. Can you split yourself into all these positions and be in multiple places at one time and try and continue offering the exact same experience at all three? Yeah, you know, you know. First off, I'd say that you know we we weren't making any money, and I think most <laughs> entrepreneurs that kind of is the case, right? And and I think uh, we we tried things that you know we almost had no option, nothing to lose. <laughs> Going to ten bucks a month was one of them. Right. Said, well, we're not making money anyway, so if we go to ten bucks a month, which the industry had never seen. Maybe we'll just get more people to give fitness a try, you know. Um, so you know, we didn't make money for you know almost a decade, I'd say. I mean, it was it was a good you know eight, nine, 10 years before we really figured the model out, figured out how to do volume. So, you know, we, we thought the second store, well, we just had more stores. We'd have more brand awareness. We'd sell more memberships. Well, didn't really, that wasn't really the case. <laughs> we just lost <laughs> more money. <laughs> um, 
you know, so, yeah, but you're right. We didn't really, you know, trying to meet payroll and, you know, work in every position you could and, 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 you know, being a trainer and the manager at the same time, because you couldn't afford to have enough staff and figure it all out. So, School of Hard Knocks is really kind of what it came down to, you know? Well, speaking uh, of school, let me jump in here. You you quit. You dropped out of college, right? Yeah, yeah. I dropped out of my uh, junior year. Yeah, I wasn't... No, honestly, I wasn't really much fun to school. And even through high school, was, I'd rather <laughs> I'd rather work hard, even though... Luckily, it worked out not that I recommend it, but I guess I've been going to school for 30 years. <laughs> Just wait. Well, this is the school of hard knocks, of course, yeah. as you say. I mean, this is something where you cannot get this kind of experience by sitting in a classroom if you are going to be a businessman. But mm-hmm. it it had to have been tough. I want to I want to just and, let our viewers know that, I mean, oh, you guys was, currently have twenty two hundred plus locations, correct? Yeah, yeah, 16, 16 million members. You know, we're in all fifty states, five international countries now. Um, and it was, you know, it was definitely school of hard knocks. And you know, it, but I think you know, I worked every position, right? And 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 you know, even the two two brothers, they were brothers and partners. They were, you know, they work in the front desk times of two, absolutely. And whether we're mopping the floors or managing the club or doing training appointments, you know, you really saw struggles the customers have the people that were trying to get fitness to try for the very first time you know we weren't in a boardroom thinking up ideas of how to sell memberships right we were seeing it firsthand and when we went to 10 bucks a month we saw people coming in that we had never seen come in before you know these are truly first timers they're you know out of shape or or overweight or just don't even know how to use a piece of apparatus or whatever um and then you have these avid exercises and back then a lot of bodybuilders and powerlifters. I mean, it's intimidating i mean no one wants to be the new kid in school at the other day let's face it and we really saw that. And in 98, when we came up with the judgment-free zone and the colors and started reducing the free weights and adding more cardio, which is what first-timers want to use and mm-hmm. casual gym goers, mm-hmm. um, the atmosphere was just so relaxed. It was just no, no more tension was in the air. You know, I always use the same saying. It was like, in the early days, it was like we were trying to put all the animals in the zoo in the same cage. <laughs> and we had to figure out how to... How to, how to separate them, you know, and, and what it was is just having equipment that's conducive to casual first timers and not equipment that's catering to, you know, super athletes out there that that can be. And there's a place for them and, and, and good on them, but, but there's a place for everybody. And we want to make it a place that everybody can come and feel comfortable and not feel intimidating. And, and 40 percent of our joints and been like this for decades was are never going to a gym in their entire life. Love Neither it. That, Love it. They're really good off the couch. And, you know, they wouldn't walk into a. You know, a bodybuilder gym or, you know, a really hard, strenuous workout club. I've never done it before. It's too embarrassing and intimidating. Or some she-she place where everybody looks awesome. Yeah, and absolutely. You're right. And, and especially in today's world, you know, the fitness industry started off because people were about going to the beach, right? It was about your waistline and six-pack abs. Let's face it. That's how it started. And you fast forward probably the last five, six years and way more so probably the last two or three years since COVID, it's about your insides, not your outsides, mm-hmm. right? It's about mm-hmm. mental health. And more than anything, the world's under a lot of stress. There's so many reasons and, and, and reasons why for that. Um, and in and, and your heart, you know, and it's, it's about your mind and about your body and not necessarily your, your physical shape and your, and your waistline. And I think that's what the world's realized recently in the last five, six years, which I think the fitness boom is, is going to come out of that. Mm-hmm. But Chris, 10 years, you guys didn't make money. There had to be points where you questioned what you were doing, and I'm talking about in the big picture at 30,000 feet. What am I doing? I mean, dad is watching me. He's got yeah, the, the chain of pharmacies by the time he was younger than I am right now. I mean, the doubts. I want our listeners to know 
that you have to fight through those doubts and through those stumbles and failures? Yeah, you know, I think we we felt deep down we were um, doing what the industry needed to be done, and no one was willing to go there, and making it affordable and accessible by anybody and everybody. And, you know, maybe we were crazy or maybe <laughs> pulling our heartstrings too much, but we really felt like we were doing what was good. And, and when we opened that third club with the colors of the Jordan Free Zone, we opened that store with 2,200 members on the very first day, which back in that in that day, in the, in the late 90s, that was unheard of in the industry. Like, this didn't happen. And, like, we were, like, we finally felt like we were really onto something with that yeah. kind of volume. And it was in, like, within, like, three or four months, we already, not, then we were up to, like, five, 6,000 members. I mean, it was, there was a line at the door. Like, the movie The Founder, when when Ray Kroc pulls up to that first McDonald's and sees a line out the street. I remember. Right? It was just like that. I mean, I, 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 I kid you not. It was, I, it was, I remember calling the, the calling my partners and, and you know, I was, still, I was run, not running that store. And I was like, you can't, but these people are. I mean, there's a lot of the door trying to join for months. Oh, what was that like? Oh, it was it was just it was amazing. It was just it was I get goosebumps just thinking about it. I mean, it was it was for months. It was unbelievable. We had 10,000 members probably a year after it had already opened. It was just in this town at 28,000 people and people were driving from 20 minutes away or 20 miles just to get into this gym that the only thing in town was the Concord Racket Club, which was like 60 bucks a month for a 30 year old facility, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so we felt we were really onto something. But, you know, we're three gym guys from New Hampshire. What do, what do we know? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the great part of it. When you don't know, you right. don't know what failure is, nor do you care. You just believe in it, is what I'm hearing. And you keep forging ahead one step in front of the other. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and learn from it, right? You got to learn from it and yeah. get smarter with it. And, and so, we, you know, then we opened our fourth club in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, Another great results. Opened almost 2,000 members in that store, another small town. And then we opened our fifth store in New Hampshire, Manchester, which is a little bigger town. It's probably the biggest in New Hampshire with 150,000 people. So that's big in the state. <laughs> and we opened that store with 5,000 members on day one, believe it or not. And and we launched franchising that same year, 2003. So it took us, you know, it took us nine years of struggling and hard knocks and figuring the model out and a lot of, a lot of fumbles and a lot of picking up the ball and running forward and charging forward. And, and really, when we started franchising in 03, what really happened is, you know, our means and methods and know-how and nine years of of hard work and knowledge of marketing and catering to the masses and the franchisees began to take this model and put it into heavier populated areas throughout the country. Um, it just took off. I mean, our, our first our first store was in Orlando area, Florida, Altamont Springs, um, a lot of population, and it was actually a treadmill salesman. <laughs> and, oh, and the reason why is because he had the northeast section of the U.S. and he couldn't share anybody's numbers. But naturally, he was financing the treadmills and stuff. And he saw everybody's memberships, you know, and he's like, you guys are way ahead of anybody else in this industry. Like you're selling volume that nobody's doing. So when we began franchising, he was the first franchisee and, and his brother was a orthopedic surgeon in Orlando and some other friends and his financed his treadmill salesman guy to, to open up his first store, our first franchisee. We're not done yet. We'll be back in a moment. I know a lot of you have had this experience because for those of us who in 2020 were all sent home and we were stuck in a lockdown during the pandemic, we had a lot of time on our hands and I saw an ad for Masterclass and I thought, I want to better myself. I want access to all of these brilliant people who teach you things. With Masterclass, you can learn from the best to become your best. Masterclass is the only streaming platform where you can learn and grow 
with more than 200 plus of the world's best and smartest. For just under 10 bucks a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to every instructor. And I don't care. You can wake up one morning and say, I want to learn about business. And then another where you say, I want to learn how to survive in the wild if I have no water and no fire to make me warm. You can access Masterclass on your phone, on your computer, smart TV, or even in audio mode. And the classes totally make a difference. Don't wait another moment to start your learning journey with Masterclass. Right now, our listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com slash Liz. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash Liz. Masterclass.com slash Liz. There were a lot of decisions through all these years, I'm sure countless ones. What was the most difficult decision that you had to make? Um, you know, I see the first one uh, was we was our, was our point of sale system. Um, we we decided oof, almost ten years ago now to try using a or coming up with our own in-house um, POS system and like software, we, software, yeah, software, okay. yeah, and and we're using a third party that was a, a health club software, health club software provider. And we decided to try to go off on our own and do it. And, and we realized after about uh, two years of a year of developing and two years of rolling it out to, to the system that we should stay in the gym business. <laughs> that was extremely painful because hey, other people who know how to do that. Yeah, other people know how to do that. And with, and with the gym business, it's not only your, your point of sale, but it's also running your dues and your monthly billing. Right. So it's it's a lot more than just selling. And we we track, you know, and actually we know who people are. We know the date of birth, their their age, their gender, their at home address, their how many times they checked in, what time of day they checked in, their billing information. So it's not like we're just selling a cheeseburger. I mean, we, we have a lot of data. So we quickly had to unwind that and go back to a, another third-party software provider. So that was really painful and a lot of money that we spent that. Yeah, well, you have to do, you have to at certain points as a leader look at the situation and say, this I got to cut loose. I, I've got to cut my losses and I've got to start over. That's hard. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And you have to learn. Sometimes you have to make second decision faster than the first, right? you know, and then and then naturally, you know, as with as with a lot of people, you know, going through COVID, especially for this industry was just I mean, you know, at that point it was 27 years of hard knocks and work to get to be closed with 2000. We had 2000 locations when, when COVID hit and, you know, to have overnight that, you know, the government shut us and shut us down and we're just closed. No revenue, Ugh. zero. We don't have takeout food, right? We don't have takeout with no delivery. It's right. an industry that goes from, you know, revenue to zero in one day. And, and we have franchisees. So you're, you're dealing with keeping them, you're keeping them comfort, right? I mean, they're going through a lot. They get their own, you know, family businesses. They're trying to, you know, because we're independently owned, right? You're all franchisees. So it was. What did you do? What did you oh. do? What was that first night like after you sent out the word, lock the doors? Yeah, not much sleep. That's for sure for months. Mm-hmm. It's not here, but, you know, we banded together. We we immediately started having phone calls with franchisees immediately, mm-hmm. you know, and a big town halls um, with all of them. And we have a franchise advisory council that, that the franchisees elect that we work with weekly to go through, you know, how the closing procedure had to happen, how we how we then, you know, plan on reopening, how that, how's that going to work? And what are the cleaning protocols that we put in place that's over and above what we already do? And, you know, we're using the race sanitization um, formulas and, 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 I mean, and the air quality. And it was just, you know, and, but I'll tell you, you know, I never want to do go through that ever again. Of course. <laughs> I mean, of course. I've learned, 
Yeah, I've learned more about the business probably in the last two years um, than probably the last decade, honestly. And and in I, I don't we probably would have learned it over the next decade ahead, but accelerated a lot of learnings around technology and digital and how to engage the customer. Because we went we started having Facebook Live workouts for the members when they were at home. Good. Uh, just for free, just to keep them active and engaged with us. And so you think about the gym industry, like the industry never thought about this, but you know, unless somebody happens to walk through the front door and works out today, we don't have a chance to service them or, or engage with our member. Right? Mm-hmm. We just hope they, well, we hope they walk in. Um, and and kind of shame on us. We should be figuring out how to engage them outside the four walls as much as inside the four walls and be connected in their lives. So, you know, I learned a lot. We learned a lot from it, and 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 thankfully we came out. You know, didn't lose one single store, and the industry lost twenty five percent of the store. So think about, Oof. you know, the industry lost ten thousand locations out of forty thousand. We didn't lose a single store. So, luckily, the franchisees we banded together, we weathered the storm, wow. we came out smarter and and with a wider moat than we had going in. So, um, never want to go through it again. But that, so I think the answer to your question, those two things were, yes. you know, life changing in a lot of ways. You know, and a lot of learnings and a lot of you know, you deal with franchisees with little, a lot of political capital and things you got to work right. through with them to keep them, um, keep them positive, right? Chris, um, what if there were one characteristic you could pinpoint that you had that brought you from the front desk receptionist all the way up to CEO? What is that characteristic? I would say persistence and drive. I say persistence and drive. Never keep your eye you know i always look forward don't never look back um learn quick and keep moving and keep charging forward um but how many times you fall down pick yourself up and keep running and believe in what you do you know if yeah i must say if i was you know changing oil for a business or flipping burgers you know not to offend anybody i probably wouldn't have the same passion drive yeah Yeah. it's just it's uh, you're changing lives literally changing lives and and be, with being a franchise company, it's really interesting. I always have a saying that it's like, in this business, we, we're, we're, we're changing health and, and providing health and providing wealth. Right? We have franchisees that are very profitable and, and creating our own drone, you know, nest egg. And uh, you got people, our, our customers, two sets of customers, right? our franchisees and our second set of customers, our members, are, are getting healthier. So it's, um, it's a great way to wake up in the morning. You know, it's amazing because people can choose to make money or they can choose to do good. And sometimes the two have a cosmic crash together. And that Mm -hmm. is awesome. We maybe have a lot of people listening who would love to become more active. They're intimidated or they just feel it's not going to work. Obesity is a huge problem Mm -hmm. in this country. Heart disease, diabetes. You've always made working out part of your daily life. In fact, I believe you wake up every morning at 4.30. Am I correct? And you do a, yeah. a workout? Yeah, 4.30 to 5 o'clock, have my coffee, and then hit the gym. Okay, that's <laughs> already intimidating yeah. to some people who are listening. Help you know, them yeah. move through that. Yeah, so I think they got to realize that it is the norm not to have a gym membership. It is the norm, unfortunately, not to work out. So they're not like they're the only person not doing it. So. If you work out one day a week, you're way better than if you didn't do it at all, period, right? If you work out one day a month, you're better than not doing it all, period. So it's baby steps, right? And and let it grow into a into a lifestyle. Um, you know, to think you're going to do it five, six, seven days a week and you're going to do it for an hour and a half, that's just, it's just not realistic. I mean, it's like crash dieting, right? You can't 
can't drink cabbage soup for the rest of your life. <laughs> <laughs> I am living proof of that. I lasted but, about a 48 hours on that. Right? So, but, but you know, so anybody can squeeze in once or twice a week for 30, 45 minutes, right? Start there. Yep. Don't people go too gung ho, then they burn out and it's just not fun. And, you know, trust me, I've been doing it for 33 years now. You know, and there's a lot of mornings. <laughs> I look at the clock and I'm like, ooh, do I really want to do this? And, you know, in the Northeast here where we're stationed and it's, you know, pitch black till seven o'clock and it's three degrees out. <laughs> driving driving the gym down, driving the car down to the gym is not exactly that enjoyable or motivating, but but you got to get there. That's not going to happen day one. And I think people realize it's baby steps and just, you know, one day a week is better than none, period. And baby steps in a career each day is one of those steps. And you walked all the way from the front desk to the C-suite. It, what a great story, Chris. Thank you so much for sharing it on Everyone Talks to Liz. Uh, my, my pleasure. Anytime. It's great to, great to share it. And, and you guys, I'm sorry, $10 a month, Planet mm-hmm. Fitness, no judgment. Yeah, oh. Still today. Still today. And no, and no plan to go up even with inflation. I look at it as though... I have a lot more back to your, you know, why I do this. There's a lot more people to get off the couch and, you know, going up in price is not exactly the way to get them off the couch. So $10 is staying in, period. That is amazing that you've been able to hold on to that and continue to grow. And you wouldn't grow if your quality weren't good. So there's that. Chris, congratulations. Thank you so much. Appreciate that. Chris Rondo of Planet Fitness. Are you kidding me? Front desk to the C-suite. Just fighting all the way through it and having a great time doing it. That's the model you want to follow or emulate. Thank you so much for following us and listening to us every single week. We try and bring you these inspirational stories, and I really hope you guys enjoy them. I I think you do because we're getting thousands and thousands of downloads, which thrills me to no end. As uh, does it thrill me when you tune in 3 p.m. Eastern on Fox Business Monday through Friday to see the claim and countdown. All right, check it out. Have a great day. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, in these ever-changing times, you can rely on Fox News for hourly updates for the very latest news and information on your time. Listen and download now at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts.